Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. Then I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Whoa. <laughs> Man. Wow. All right. What a Happy passage. New Year's Eve. Yeah. Joined by the very festive Barrett Fisher. Yes. Barrett, it's a uh, it's November as we're recording this, but I hope that uh proverbially tonight you have great New Year's Eve plans. Oh. Um Will, I hope your plans for tonight. You know, are I'm actually at the beach right now leading worship for an event. Oh, you are? Um technically, yes. <laughs> I I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Barrett, if you ever go to an art museum in Europe, you yes. know, there's a lot of religious art. I was in London a couple of months ago um, and I went to the National Gallery. Mm. Amazing experience. It's like uh, one of the premier art galleries in the world. Mm. And there's a lot of religious art. And Jesus, you know, it's like he doesn't have a callus on his body in these paintings. He's got like very pale, soft looking skin, mm. very scared, meek, like just weak, fragile looking man. Right. Uh, John would beg to differ. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Today's yeah. passage. Yes. John would beg to differ. We got this, we got this right. man on a white horse with a robe dipped in blood. He's got a bunch of diadems, AKA crowns on his head. Uh, he's got king of kings and lord of lords tattooed on his thigh and written on his robe mm. so we got a pretty epic portrait of jesus today yeah. Yeah. and uh you know it, it, it's I, I love one of my favorite things about the bible is the contrast because you know yesterday and i think we're going to tie it in today but yesterday we we're talking about you know he's the ruler of the nations he's there's healing of the nations revelation 22 um and yet today we have this word that he's going to strike down the nations and rule them with a rod of iron. And, uh, you know, it, it's this very like epic, just awe-inspiring kind of terrifying yeah. image. Um, yeah. What, what do you see in, in this, this just majestic portrait of Christ that we have today? I mean, honestly, the text speaks for itself. It really does. Like, <laughs> well, for Barrett Fisher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we could just wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I'll just read it one more time. There we go. But it, it. I mean, it really does. It's like, I don't think I can try to explain this in any more like majestic, you know, no, don't even try all inspiring <laughs> language. Cause yeah. it, it is, it's just, it is amazing, uh, to see, you know, to get this image from his mouth comes a sharp sword to which to strike down the nation. 
you know, uh, he will tread the wine press of the fury of the wrath of mm. God, the almighty on his robe and on his thigh. He has a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got this thigh tat of like King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and he's treading the wine press of the fury, of the wrath of God. So, I mean, this is a like vicious warrior mm-hmm. that is coming. And again, I mean, this is not, um, this is not the image. I mean, you kind of referenced it yesterday, but this is not the image of like someone, someone coming to like take over nations and oppress nations and, mm-hmm. you know, put them into slavery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen, you know, throughout history, but this is the savior who's coming to defeat the enemy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I mean, reading on in chapter 19 and going into chapter 20, you see that this, this is culminating in the defeat of Satan himself, yep. the destruction of, of the curse yep. of sin yep. that all of us, if we are honest with ourselves, are longing for. Mm-hmm. We all want to have the peace that comes with the destruction of the curse of sin. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus's promise, and I mean this is this is part of you know, this is part of the Bible storyline. And this is this is why we use the word hope in the way that we do. We don't use the word hope in like I hope that will happen or I hope this will come someday. It's like, no, the hope is that uh, we're, we're hoping in something that has already been promised to us. And so we read these passages in light of the fact that uh, God has seen fit through the, through the Holy Spirit to write by the hand of John that these things will come to pass, where mm. Jesus will return. He will return on a white horse, you know? And, and, and I mean, some of this image, it's like, the rest of Revelation is so much figurative language. So we don't know exactly like how much, you know, this actual image will come out, mm-hmm. you know, or will be played out by Jesus himself, but it, it will be something surrounding this idea of what is going on here. Yeah. Whether it's like super literal or like it, it plays out in a different way. But the fact is that like Jesus will come and like he will um, unleash the wrath of God on the curse of sin yeah. and, on, and on the great deceiver, yeah. the Satan. Absolutely. You know, I think it's always helpful with passages like this to reiterate something that Dee's uh, teaches a lot. And I think we return to a lot in ODR, which is, um, this is such an eye-opening thing for me. But I remember the first time I heard Dee say it, that if you are uncomfortable with the idea of God's wrath, um, you know, we, we tend to think that that means that it, it signifies how like advanced and elevated we are as thinkers. Mm. Mm. Um, but really, if you're uncomfortable with the idea of God having wrath to pour out, um, then that really just points to the sheltered, protected, fortunate life that you live and the privileged life that you live. Right. Because you it's it's people who have oppressors. It's people who face injustice. It's people who face pain and affliction in the hands of other people who uh, look with hope towards God, the judge. Yeah. And I think like the, the amazing thing here is there's this really interesting paradox and, and just contrast that's happening where God is the healer of the nations. And even we see a hints of it here, you know, when it says he will rule them with a rod of iron, that Greek word, I'll just butcher the pronunciation mm. for comedic relief, poimino. There you go. Something. Yep. Uh, it's it's actually the word to shepherd. Mm. So it's this idea that God's going to shepherd that this this mighty warrior's 
going to come and shepherd with a rod of iron, hmm. not some like wooden stick. Yeah, yeah, not in the a woods. wooden rod. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so and you know rods are like this protective device, uh, which shepherds use to protect their sheep and beat the heck out of wolves and bears. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, really, we have to like reorient ourselves um, towards hmm. justice, towards injustice, towards righteousness, um, not thinking in these like stuffy religious terms, but to like truly just take inventory of the world to see, you know, God is not coming. And there's like a great uh, hope here that's involved in kind of the, these awe-inspiring words. Jesus isn't going to come and side with one nation. You know, he's not going to come and like side with America and strike down everyone else or, you know, side with, you know, some United Nations, NATO recognized like, government entity but he's coming to establish the rule and reign Mm. of god Mm. and what that means is all nations all people all all people groups are invited into that that there's no qualification based on your ethnicity your culture whatever but also um there's no pre-qualification based off of your ethnicity your culture your government and so he's coming to to strike down uh, injustice. He's coming down to crush the head of the serpent mm. and to undo nations as we know them, create this new people in himself. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I was I was thinking about um, something that I was reading this morning. I was reading in First Thessalonians, started that book today in chapter one, and the end of that chapter, uh, Paul is writing to this church, and he's very much like commending the church of of Thessalonica and just how great their faith has been. And he says, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you, how the Thessalonians, turn f- to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And then here's verse 10. It says, to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And so this is a this is a very like biblical concept that there is a wrath to come. But the one who delivers us you know, in the same the same one who delivered the Thessalonians from the wrath to come is the same one that can deliver us from the wrath to come, Amen. and that is Jesus. And so, you know, the 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 thought here is like either this passage will inspire like awe and excitement and joy, or you know, cringing and cowering and and fear mm-hmm. and trepidation mm-hmm. um, for you know because you are still standing in your sin. And so the the response here is turn to Jesus. Mm. Turn to this one. He doesn't come to bring wrath on all. In fact, he has given his righteousness to so many and he freely gives that righteousness to anyone who will turn to him. Mm-hmm. And so if you have not turned to him in that way, if you have not surrendered your life and and received the, the free gift of God, the yeah. free grace of God that's talked about in Ephesians chapter two. Mm-hmm. If you haven't turned, uh, surrendered your life to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Mm. As he says to, to, to Zacchaeus, he says, you know, the day, today is the day of salvation. So you, you can, you can receive this gift of, of righteousness even mm-hmm. today. And so that when this scene plays out, however, it will actually play out. Um, we will, be clothed also in this, you know, it, it, and it appears that Jesus is wearing the same blood dipped 
clothes yeah. uh, that we're going to be wearing. Yeah. You know, and, 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 but you can have one of those robes yeah. that allows you to stand before a holy God and not yeah. stand before a holy God as a perfect person, but to be clothed by the Holy One, yeah. by Jesus. Amen. And I, just as we close, um, I just noticed this, and I think this is like an amazing note to end on. If you zoom out and look a little bit at the context of where we are, this is right after uh, the section, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yeah. And so the multitudes of people in heaven are singing, uh, let us rejoice and exalt and give the Lord glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. And then this passage today is the appearing of that Lamb. Mm. And so, you know, if, if you are in Jesus, to what you're, the point you're making, for those of us who, who stand on his covenant and read this, it's not, we don't stand in like terror and fear of him, but like this majestic, awe-inspiring, just totally epic mm. God who's appearing, mm. he's being presented here as the husband. Mm. And so it's like, that's like, not only am I on my, on his side, that's, that's our husband. Like that's yeah. the one who's keeping us, who's come to mm. take us. Mm. And, uh, and so it, it's like, imagine a bride seeing her husband in, in just like this, this totally, um, infatuated, uh, just honoring, um, mm all driven kind of way like there's i don't even know i'm stumbling over my words because it's so powerful <laughs> i know that's why i said let the passage speak for itself there we go we shouldn't have even spoken for it but no. we did we we attempted to man well barrett it's been it's been another year wow of tackling or being tackled by rather by scripture wow um so um grateful for you and all the others who have made it an amazing year. Well, let me let me just say real quick, we are grateful to you, Will. Mm, I, I mean, this is a year of Will putting like maybe literal blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> into like depends on the week. <laughs> yeah, depends on the week, but reducing ODR for 365 days. So, man, you have done an awesome job, and I know that like so many people are have been blessed in their faith mm. and and have grown in their faith and grown in their knowledge of Scripture. And just being encouraged to to follow the Lord. So mm. I, I just, you know, forget the audience right now. I'm just saying thank you, brother. Thank you, man. You're awesome, thank you. Man. Well, for my and your BFF, Barrett Fisher, <laughs> this is Will Carlisle. And we will see you tomorrow in 2024 on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to our daily rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.